Mary, did you know? Isn't that a good question? And kind of what we really want to preach about this morning. Um, you know, um, the idea is Mary holding a little baby there in her arms that she ever realized that was God. Uh, but you know, there is an entire world, have they figured out, that's God. All right? Have they figured that out yet? Uh, you know, and the world very much likes to celebrate um, the little baby in the manger, but we needed a savior. That's what we needed, and um, we got to figure out if that was him or not. Amen. That's what we got to figure out. So we'll be reading in the book of Exodus this morning. I know a strange place to go on Christmas uh, service, but I, I hope we can tie this all together. But 17th chapter of Exodus, if you'd be finding your way there, let me brag just a little bit while uh, you guys are finding your way there. Um, like to like to brag on the church. Um, you guys have just been doing so much, the, the, all the work that went into this. Isn't the stage beautiful and all the work that they did? And uh, the guys just doing a fantastic job. Uh, the church is looking really good. Uh, all of those that have come back, uh, and we, we really appreciate that. We had, went Carolyn last Sunday night, uh, went around the different ones that aren't able to get out and do that, and uh, just was really blown away by how many people showed up. It, it was, uh, I think Sister Tina gave me the attendance, and I think the attendance for the um, the caroling was about as high as what we all have for our services, and, and it really quite amazing, and I, I really appreciate it. I know it was a lot of driving, a lot of uh, just a long ways to go for everybody, but, uh, but I really appreciate that. We had the men's uh, ministry yesterday, and I believe maybe we had the biggest turnout we've had yet, so um, just just really thank God for being so good to us. We have a lot to celebrate. Um, uh, again, Sister Bessie, um, I, I think she's watching us right now, but uh, how thankful we are that she's doing. You know, and I know she would, I know she'd give anything to be here with us in person, uh, but but the Lord is helping her and blessing her. We got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Uh, through this through this time of virus and everything, we haven't uh, we've been blessed. We haven't lost anyone, and um, just through this whole year, everything that's happened, God's been good to us. So we got to put a smile on our face and say, "I'm glad to be a Christian." Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm glad to be a part of Saint Hill Church. So uh, I read this scripture, and it really spoke to my heart, uh, and I, I hope that I can show you what the Lord showed me, but I'm just going to start reading in verse number one. If you can stand and honor God's word, if you're able, if you're not, that's fine. Uh, Exodus chapter 17, verse number one, in all the congregation of the children of Israel from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, take with them, with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smitest the river, take it in thine hand, and go. And behold, I will stand before thee there, Upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall water come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. 
And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribib, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Let us pray. Father, how I thank you for this day. Thank you for this time of year, Lord, when we celebrate your coming to this earth. And Father, thank you for the precious program this morning. Thank you for all that are gathered, all that are watching online. And Lord, I pray you just move me out of the way. I pray that you would speak to the hearts of all of your people from your word and through your spirit, we pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You can be seated. I'd like to talk about the most important question of all. I, I believe it's more important than any question we could ever ask. I believe it is the most important question, and it's, it's in verse number seven. Is the Lord among us? That, that's really the most important question. You know, I was thinking all down through time, from, from Adam all the way till now, um, people have been saying, is God with us? Which God is with us? Which God is the right one? Uh, there's, there's all of this uh, confusion. Uh, is the Lord with us? In this story here that we're looking at, if your Bible readers are familiar with it, uh, we have come to a place where they have come out of Egypt. The, uh, Israel's no longer in captivity. Uh, they, they saw all of the plagues come on Pharaoh. They come through the Red Sea. Can you just imagine an ocean dividing and you're walking across on dry land? And they come across and they've, and they've been in the wilderness. Now, if you're familiar with the, uh, I've preached this many times, but if you're familiar with the symbolism there, um, coming out of Egypt represents salvation. It is when we leave bondage of sin and we come out of, out of into salvation the wilderness they wandered for 40 years that represents being saved but not living the victorious christian life and and when they entered into the promised land into canaan that represents uh, the christian who finally reaches uh, the victorious christian life i never get it confused that the promised land is heaven uh, when i get to heaven i don't plan on having any battles how about you i don't plan on have to fight and fight the enemy and, and deal with that so they were still fighting the enemy they were still uh, uh, battling it there uh, but they were victorious because God was with them. So we're in the time of the wilderness, and these people are um, really not um, very stable. Kind of a symbol of being uh, uh, before you be, get victory. So these people, uh, these people have watched God do tremendous miracles like nobody has ever seen before. God has proven himself over and over and over to these people. And they come to a time and they say, we don't have anything to drink. Now, that's kind of a big deal, right? We, we, we can criticize if we want to, but if we had nothing to drink, I imagine there'd be some of you complaining as well, right? Have nothing to drink. They literally were in a desert and there was no water. Now, that is a big deal, Unless you have God. If you have God, is that a big deal? Uh, by the way, who created all the oceans? Who, who, who created all the water that there is? So if God is with you, not having water is not a problem. If you don't have God with you, that's a really big problem. And these people begin to complain. They begin to uh, criticize uh, Moses. And, and, and really even bigger than that, after all the miracles they had seen and everything that had happened to them, they begin to say, is the Lord with us? Is the Lord with us? Now, Moses goes out, smites the rock. Water comes out. All the animals were able to drink water. All the people were able to drink water. Everything was taken care of. Did that change anything? 
After this, if you Bible readers, after this, did they say, ah, now I see God is with us. They went right back to complaining and, and finding fault and belly aching, right? And boy, I could preach a whole message and I'm not going to because it's Christmas morning, but, but couldn't we preach a whole message about Christians? How many Christians do we have in the churches uh, that have seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that God has done? Have God has taken care of them over and over and over. And as soon as they run into a problem just like this, they say, well, I think the Lord forgot about me. I think the Lord's not with us. And, and, and so that is a symbol of immaturity. That is a symbol of not being stable in the Lord because you're so weak that every time a problem comes on, you just throw up your hand and say, I think God left me, forgot about me. We need to get past that. Uh, so these people here are trying to decide really two things. One is the God we have, the real God. And two is the real God with us. I want to present this morning, that is the most important question you can ever ask. I just asked everybody here this morning, we got the right God? Do we got, I mean, there's a lot of them. Do we got the right one, Brother Bo? Or do we got the wrong one? And then, if, we, if he is God, the God, the only God, is he with us? I think that's pretty important. I think that's pretty important. And now, just again, for if you're not a Bible reader, uh, um, like uh, Javi said this morning, if you've heard this story, let me remind you, okay? Uh, but uh, they came out of, of Egypt. If you understand, Egypt was full of gods. Little G. Full of gods. All kinds of gods. These people have been around uh, pagans and idolatry and all kinds of gods. There were a lot of gods, little g. And Moses comes along and says, the God, the one and only God, the, the God who is above all the other gods, he's going to take care of us. And now they say, is the Lord with us? We can look back at that and we can say, well, it's obvious. Look at all the things he did. Look at all the miracles he did. Look at everything that has happened. It's obvious that is. Can I just tell you, the, the, the God made the other little gods look pretty bad. Because he is the God. There, there really is no competition. Pharaoh brought his, uh, his uh, uh, um, um magicians out and, and and they tried to do some things with satanic power uh but every time god was greater than the wicked powers they were using they had the god who was over all of the gods and they could begin to question is the lord with us and that just really stood out to me as i read that how can this be we go to the book of hebrews and it teaches us that not all who came out of Egypt were able to enter in because of disbelief. You know what the problem were? Some of these people said, I'm just not sure that's God. I'm just not sure the Lord's with us. And the Lord said, because of that, you guys aren't going any farther. Is anybody getting how important this is? This is important. This is a, can I just tell you that, uh, not to get ahead of myself, but we need to decide is the, whose God do we want to serve and is the Lord with us? Most important question to recognize. We can argue about a lot of things, but we need to figure out which God we want to serve and is he with us? And these people were, were struggling with that question. 
Now, if we jump ahead several centuries, uh, many, many hundreds of years, we jump ahead. We come to Bethlehem. That's what we're supposed to be preaching about this morning, right? We come to Bethlehem. May I remind you that when we come to Bethlehem and we open up the pages of, of the Gospels, as Brother Richard did this morning, may I remind you that the people who are there, the Jewish people who are there, are the descendants of these people we're reading about. Right? They, they, they were the children of Israel. They were their descendants. Maybe many, many, many generations down, but they were the descendants of them. And they have heard the Messiah is coming. You know, we can sing Santa Claus coming to town, but can I tell you the Messiah is coming to town? Amen? And they had heard the Messiah's, they had heard it from Genesis, they had heard it all the way through, over and over again, there were prophecies, uh, all of these things were told out, and, the, and the, the, the country of Israel, the nation of Israel, was looking for the Messiah. We all know the story, most of us know the story, Brother Richard just read it to us. The, the shepherds are out in the field, and all of a sudden an angel shows up and said, He's here. He's here. Praise God, He's here. Amen? And the little baby is born. But the question still remains, is the Lord with us? Can I just tell you there's a lot riding on this? If that baby is God... We better pay attention. If that baby is not God, we need to find God. Are you guys with me? It's, it's the most important question there is. The, the, the irony of the whole thing is for hundreds of years it had been prophesied that a Messiah was coming that would save the world. And it, it was well known to all the Jewish people when the, the, when the Messiah came and, and was born and fulfilled all the prophecies that were, were proclaimed that the Messiah would do. When this Messiah uh, began to grow as a man and began to do miracles like no one had ever done, works that not have never been seen. Uh, they, they sent one time, the Pharisees sent people to them. And they came back and said, never man spake like this man. He was not like anybody else. And as great as he was and all that he did, the people of Israel still said, I don't think that's the Messiah. I don't think that's God. Is anybody getting this? And to this day, you can go to Israel today, 2020. You can go to Israel today. You can talk to the Jewish people. You know what they say? We're waiting on the Messiah. We're waiting on the Messiah. We can't wait till he gets here. It's been prophesied he's coming. We're just waiting on him to show up. And they say that baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago was not the Messiah. Can I tell you, we need to figure out if that was God or not. Amen? Now, I don't know, we, we who have been raised in church so long have gotten a little too used to some words. And we kind of throw the word God around kind of flippantly. But if we really stop and think about what it means that he is God, that means that anything he says goes. There's not a conversation with God. Well, God, I know what you want me to do, but I really don't want to do that. There's not a, well, I know what your word says, but nah, I, I, he's God. Do we get that? Do, do we get that? Now, if he's not God, we don't have to listen to him. But if he is God, we better follow everything he says. 
And these people in, in the book of Exodus, they couldn't decide, is this God or is this not God? And these people in the, in the story of the Christmas story in Bethlehem, when the Messiah came and he was God, not only Mary did you know, but Israel did you know? And then and the Gentiles that were there, which is what all of us are, the Gentiles were there. Did you know? Did you know that's God? Most important question we can ever ask, is the Lord with us? Very interesting fact. The Bible tells us in the Gospels that Jesus' family, his brothers and his siblings, all of his family, they said, you're not God. <laughs> you're not God. I, I've watched you work. We've seen you born. We, you're, you're not God. They made fun of him. They mocked him. They, wouldn't, they, they said, you're not God. The Lord is not with us. You're not God. But here's a strange thing. At least two of them, James and Jude, because they wrote the books of the Bible, at least two of his brothers, his half-brothers, by the way, I believe after he died and after he resurrected, but Terry, they said, you know what? That's God. That's God. <laughs> wow. He, he, was, he was born in our house. We, were, we played ball with him. He, he, he looked like everybody else. That was God. And they went on to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it makes a difference when you figure out, is he God or is he not God? It makes a difference. And so we can we can look at the story in Bethlehem and we can look in the story of of Exodus and we can look at all down through time. Again, I just argue that that for six thousand years now, man has been on this planet. People have been trying to figure out which God should we serve, which God is the God. You know, if you understand your Old Testament and you if you understand what was really going on there and, and and. there really, there was a lot of gods. And even when they went into battle and they fought. And remember that time when, when Israel went into battle and they lost and the Philistines came and they took the Ark of the Covenant. And it, do you know what that was all about? What everyone was betting on was, I want to have the best God. Right? And maybe Israel's God is better than the God we have. We'll just take him like all the other gods and we'll have a better God than we have now. And so that's kind of been going on all along. But can I just tell you, we need to figure out who is the God and serve him. So we're in 2020 today. We're no longer in Bethlehem. And, and there are those who have decided that that baby born in Bethlehem was God. And there are people who have decided that was not God. There are a lot of, we can go to the Muslims and we can go to a lot of different places and they will recognize that that baby was a great prophet, that he was a great teacher, that he was a great man, but he wasn't God. Can I tell you, if he's not God, he can't save us. If he's not God, we don't need to worship him. You know, there, there were several writers who went to, saw heavenly visions, and sometimes they would see a heavenly vision of an angel. And can you just imagine having an angel appear before you? And every time it was the same thing, an angel would appear, and, the, and that, that human would bow down and begin to worship that angel. And what did the angel always say? No, no, stand up. Don't worship me. I'm not God. But when you bow down to Jesus, he never says, no, no, don't do that. 
I'm not God. Because he is God. He is God. So we're in 2020 now. We're, we're no longer in Bethlehem. We're no longer in, the, in the, the wilderness wandering. We are now in 2020. And can I just say that all of these years later, with all the technology and all the understanding and everything else, we're still trying to figure out, is the Lord with us? Who is God? And is he with us? And boy, isn't that confused today? Isn't that... Isn't that, uh, that question so confused today? You know, we could talk about all the different religions of the world. And there are, there are literally just, just hundreds of religions of the world. We, we can talk about why do we think our religion... You know, some, uh, someone has, uh, many have uh, asked that question. What makes you think your religion is any better than my religion? That's a good question to figure out before we die. Maybe the Muslims got it right. Maybe the Jehovah Witnesses got it right. Maybe the Buddhists got it right. Maybe we're all right and we're all in this thing together. No? We better figure out who the Lord is. And is He with us? You say, what gives us the right to say that others are wrong and that we are right? What gives us the right to do that? How can I... Be confident when I am talking to anyone of any other religion. And how can I how can I stand boldly and say we have the true God and you do not. Isn't that kind of. What is the word? You know, you think you're, you think, what, what makes you think your God's better than my God? We have a lot of evidence. We have a lot of proof. We have a lot of. Things that will back us up. We have God who actually came where we were at, lived like us, died for us, rose to set us free, and made a way that we could have our sins gone. We used to sing that song, I think I actually used to sing that song a long, long time ago. Brother Darren went like this. I've learned too much to, you can't talk me out of it now. I've I've learned too much. I've I've experienced, I've, I've been through too much. I know he is God. I know he is God. We can, we can argue back and forth, we can, we can go on, but the truth is, we got to figure out, is this Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, a little baby who grew up and died and said he was going to die for the sins of the world, is he God? Can he, does he have the credentials to set me free from sin so I can go to heaven forever, or do I need to look for another one? Can I just say this reverently? It is ignorant... We're not talking about going to hell for a hundred years, for a thousand years, for ten thousand years. We're talking about burning in a lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I don't want to find one I like, a religion, a God, and hope it turns out okay. (laughs) Does anybody want to do that? I'm going to pick a God, I'm going to pick a religion, I'm going to hope it works out. I'm going to hope when I get to the end, I make it to heaven. Can I say that's ignorant? I don't want, I don't want to hope that I'm going to make it. 
I don't want to hope that I got the right way. I don't want to hope that I got the right God. I don't want to hope that God's with me. I want to know I have the right God. I want to know that my sins are gone. I want to know I'm going to heaven. You know, I believe the Bible teaches very clearly. I believe it's 1 John 5, 13, I believe. It says, I've written these things unto you that you may know. That you may know. I don't lay my head down at night and hope I will go to heaven. I don't lay my head down at night and say, well, we'll see how it turns out. I lay my head down at night and I say, Lord, if I die before morning, glory, hallelujah, I'll be in heaven when I wake up. Amen. How can you do that? You got to know, is the Lord with us? Got to know, is the Lord with us? And so today, how confusing is it? So if we, if, we, if we just, for the sake of argument, if we just take away all of those religions that don't believe in Jesus, you would think that would, that would make things pretty clear. So we're going to take away all those who don't believe in Jesus, and, and we're going to just look at the, the churches that believe in Jesus. Now in 2020, it's a sad thing to say, But in 2020, even if you take away all of the false religions that don't believe in Jesus, and you just have the people who say they believe in Jesus, you still got a mess. You still got a mess. In 2020, there's a lot of confusion in the church. Amen? There's a lot of confusion in the church. There are all kinds of churches today of all, all, under the umbrella of Christianity who talk about Jesus. There are all different styles of churches. There are different styles of messages. Uh, you know, there are messages in churches and the message that they're preaching is God loves you and wants you to have a better life. That sounds really good. It's not biblical, but it sounds really good. There, there, are, there are churches that just preach God wants everyone. God will take you the way you are and, and we will keep you the way you are. That sounds like a good message. It's not biblical. There are many messages today under the umbrella of Christianity. There are many churches with many different styles and many different things. Of God. It is no longer the way it used to be where all churches are, are basically having the same morals and the same right and wrong and the same belief. We are all messed up. So how do we know? Uh, blah, blah, how are we going to get to the end? How about if we figure out in the end the church down the road was the one that had it right? What if we've been doing this wrong all the time? What if that's the case? What if we get to the end and we figure out Pastor Gary misled us and we all end up in hell? What about that? We better figure out, is the Lord with us? Do we have the right God? And are we going to heaven? Is anybody here but me thinks that's an important question? Can I tell you, you should never, ever, ever, ever take Gary's word for that. Brother Allen, this is way too important to believe what Gary says. You better know what God says. And you better figure out who the real God is. And you better make sure you are doing what he says. Because he is God. There's only one God. There is not many gods. There's one God. There's one true God. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ. He was a baby, he became a man, but he died for the sins of the world, and you'll not get to heaven except through him. 
Good intentions will not get you there. Living a good life will not get you there. The only thing that will get you there is bowing down and understanding you are a sinner and you need a Savior. And until you humble yourself and say, God, save my wretched soul, you will die and you will go to hell and burn forever. Amen? It's just that simple. Just that simple. We all know this. I've said it many times. Brother Sonny, I just listened to him preach this week. He said he went, him personally, I, Brother Travis, I, I preached just not long, some time back. Brother Travis went out and he said he went to every house, every house, everywhere he went, everywhere in his neighborhood. He knocked on doors. In America, in Mansfield, went to every knock, knocked on doors. Just a ton of people, everybody in his neighborhood. Every single door I knocked on, he said, I went to the door and I talked to them about it, And every single one of them said, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. How many of you think this morning that all those people are going to heaven? All those people are not going to heaven. They think they are. Brother Sonny, I just heard him preach this this week. He said he personally went out and knocked on 300 doors. 300 doors! In Tennessee. I mean Tennessee. They all got to be Christians, right, Brother Darren? Every one of them. It's Tennessee, right? Can't be anything else. He said every single door I knocked on, every one of them said, I'm going to heaven. Going to heaven. Now they don't go to church. They don't believe in Jesus. But I'm a good person. Sister Laura, she has given me permission to use her, but she is such a blessing to me. Um, By the way, really exciting news, a little commercial here. She's getting baptized next Sunday. Amen. Isn't isn't that exciting? And Well, that's just great news. But Sister Laura is such a blessing to me. And and really, she really is. And I've preached so much about that, about about people uh, that that haven't been raised in church. But Sister Laura started coming to church actually years and years ago. Sister Laura was not raised in church. I get up here and I would preach that you need to get saved. She wasn't rebellious to that. She just didn't really understand why. Why? I'm willing to do it. I just don't know why. And this was her thought process. I'm a good person. I, I don't do anything wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not out killing anybody. Or, you know, I, I'm a good person. I mean, I'll, I'll get saved if I need to, but I'm a good person. And she sat in my living room, one of the most precious things in my ministry. She sat in my living room, big old tears running down her eyes after coming to this church for a long, long time. And she says, I know that I am a sinner and I know I will die and go to hell without Jesus. You know, you can't get there without that. You can't get there without that. You've got to come to the place where you say, I am a sinner. I deserve to go to hell and I need a savior. And at that moment, (laughs) you can be saved. Amen. And it's the most important question you can ask. Is the Lord with us? Is the Lord with us? And I ask everybody here and everybody watching me online and anybody watches this, is the Lord with you? I'm not asking, are you a good person? I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if your grandma and grandpa went to church. I'm not asking your dad was a deacon. I am asking you, do you have Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you do not, you will not go to heaven. You will not go to heaven. Say, preacher, that's kind of narrow-minded. That's kind of, that's kind of, you know, you just think you're right. No, it is what God said. Listen, Jesus did not mince words when he was here. He was very clear. He said a lot of other ones will try to climb up another way, and they are thieves and robbers. He said there is one way, one truth, and one life. That, that's it, nothing else. Can't get there any other way. Again, there are a multitude of people today 
You know, it's Christmas Sunday. No doubt across the land today, there are multiplied millions of people in the church house. Because you go to church on Christmas morning does not mean you're going to heaven. Amen? Doesn't mean that. Because you are good to your family and you're good to your neighbor and you're a good person does not mean you're going to heaven. Because you believe in God does not mean you're going to heaven. You better figure out, is the Lord with you? When you lay down at night, Brother Charles, you better know, is the Lord with you? There shouldn't be a doubt. There shouldn't be a question. Is the Lord with you? And there's only one way to know that. Because he said, if you will give your life to him, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go all the way with you, even to the other world. He made a promise. You take him as your savior and he will always be with you. But if you don't have him, he will be your judge and he will damn your soul to hell. Say, preacher, this is not an encouraging Christmas story. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I believe Brother Allen just I believe Brother Allen just stood up there maybe last week and said, a lot of people tell him, and th- this is very common today, this is very common. A lot of people tell him, I don't know how a loving God could send me to hell. Isn't that what they sell? How could a love I thought he was a God of love. How could he send me to hell? I'm a good person. This is what Brother Allen said. He sent his son to die for your sins. He's not sending you to hell. You're choosing to reject his son. That's the truth. God's not going to send anybody to hell. You're going to choose to reject him. And he's going to have to send you to hell because you would not accept his way out. There is no other way. We got to figure out, people. We got the right way or we, got the, we need to find another one. I just say this. I've been here for a long, long time. If we're not on the path to heaven, we need to shut this church down and we need to go find the right one. Am I right? If we don't have, listen, we don't want to keep doing this and end up in hell. We better decide, do we have the right way? And the only way I know how to figure that out is, is to read this book right here and see what it says and do what it says. There are churches all over the land. There are pastors all over. You know, you can, you, right here in Sandusky, I would say within within 25-minute drive of, of right here, you can go to every brand and type of church all over that, that with the name of Christianity, and they will tell you all different things. You will find pastors who will go to the bar with you and drink. You will find pastors that will, will, put, will approve of any kind of lifestyle that you have. You will find pastors who will tell you that God just loves you and just wants you to have a good life. You will find all kinds of... But can I tell you, all of that doesn't matter what the pastor says. It does not matter what your pastor says. It matters what... Thus saith the word of God, and thus saith the word of God says, You will not go to heaven without Jesus. It's time that we figure that out. Is the Lord with us? And I want to just change the title for the for the end of the message. Is the Lord with you? You know, I, we had some amens and some he's with us and we're on the right track and we're going to heaven and all that. Praise God. I got to believe there's a lot of you here this morning that if, you know, but Charles, the rapture could come before I get through preaching. I would love to believe we'd have an empty church. I don't believe that, but I would love to believe that there'd be not a soul left here. And so right there with that question, do you know that if at this instant the rapture happened, you'd be out of here? You ought to say, Pastor, I can't wait. I'm ready. Let's go right now. Amen. 
But there are those who are not ready. And there are those watching that are not ready. And so my question is, not is the Lord with us, but is the Lord with you? Is the Lord with you? Can I just, can I just tell you, if you have any common sense at all, I'm not trying to be belittling anybody, but I tell you, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is with you, you ought to be running to this altar right now. Listen, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line. If you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Savior, if you don't know that the Lord is with you, you ought to come and be saved right now. I don't know how to make it any plainer, I don't know how to make it any simpler. It's, it's really as simple. It's just like Sister Laura. If you come to this altar because I tell you to, you can't get saved. If you come to this altar because I tell you to say the prayer and do this and go through Romans Road, you can't get saved. But when the Holy Spirit says, you are a sinner and you need a Savior, you can get saved. Amen? We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.